Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. So I always ask now, are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. ready, Dominic? ready? I try to stay ready so I don't have to get ready. <laughs> Come on. That's how you kick it off. I All like right. It. Let me get my sleeves pulled up. Let me get myself adjusted. Because we're getting ready. This is going to be a good high energy, it's high octane conversation. Yeah. And I'm ready for it. Oh, yeah. Let's kick it off. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe. And I'm Cara Presley. And I'm feeling pretty excited about today's episode and conversation. What about you, Tracy? How you feeling about today? In the words of our guest, I'm lit, Cara. I'm lit. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Can't wait till we bring him on today. Okay, listen. And we're going to have a message straight from the Red Table Talk host later in today's episode. So anyone listening, please do not miss no. that and I'm yes. just excited I mean like for real straight up lit I cannot wait to hear the message I cannot wait for this conversation I am super geeked up super excited would be the 1980s version but super <laughs> super geeked is the 90s version I'm geeked all the way geeked <laughs> But first, we are going to circle back. This is a real gift for us. We're going to go back to the Red Table episode about fentanyl. It aired in May of this year, and we are being joined by guests from that very episode. We're making virtual Red Table Talk history today, Cara. Like Mm -hmm. real history. Yes, we are. Should we go ahead and introduce them now? Yes, we are. I think I don't we know should. If I, can I mean, hold. it's time. Okay, I don't know if I can hold it anymore. So <laughs> right. come on, come on, Kari, right. introduce, introduce our guest. You don't have to wait any longer. Our guest today is not new to the Red Table, but this is his first time at the virtual Red Table, so we appreciate him for coming. Dominic DuPont is here with us. You, of course, remember him from his appearance on the actual Red Table Talk, where he shared about his uncle, Michael K. Williams, and their relationship through both of their ups and downs. Don't we have them all, right? So we invited him on here on our virtual Red Table to dive deeper, talk more in depth about the topics that he touched on at the Red Table as well as hear about the reception from his uncle's book entitled Scenes from My Life. So welcome, Don. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Every day above ground is really an opportunity 
to just honor Michael, honor his legacy, and to add something additional to this thing that we call life, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes life is hard to figure out. Sometimes it'll throw you some curveballs and you're trying to figure this out and trying to figure that out. But it's a good place to start at, to wake up and to have life and have breath Mm -hmm. and for your bed not to be your cooling Mm -hmm. board. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. You just said a whole word right there. Absolutely. This is an amazing opportunity. So I just want to say thank you as well again for just joining us today. I'm excited to jump into the episode. So we're going to kick it off with our Wait What segment. Okay, this is the part of the show where we reveal which moments made us pause, rewind, and listen again. So actually, we're going to be diving deeper, right, into a previous topic. And we haven't had the opportunity to have wait what with the person we were waiting behind the scenes. So, Dominic, (laughs) I'm excited because I can say, okay, now wait, what, what? Now, absolutely, wait, what? That's it. Come on, that's That's exactly how you said. Like, what happened? Here's what I want to know. Dominic, when you shared you were living with Michael's mom, I just thought that was beautiful. My understanding is that you're actually living with Michael's mother. She's an amazing human being. She's 94 years old. Wow. And her grit, her strength, you know, I I see where Michael got her from. How did living together affect both of your grieving journeys? Yeah. So unfortunately, my grandmother, Michael's mother, passed away July 14th. No. And we yeah. are sorry to hear that. So to, it, it sort of like moves into this important conversation that we're having about how things can impact people and can affect people. And that's why you heard me begin this conversation by talking about how grateful I am to have life and right. breath and to have hope. Because one of the things I realize is when you don't have those things, you are hopeless. Mm, and that mm. is a dark place to be. Yes, and indeed. I realized that in ways that a lot of other people may not have really understood the brevity of what that means and how that feels. Mm-hmm. And to just think about some of those things. I mean, like you said, I was living with my grandmother, Paula Williams. That happened for me about two days after Michael died. I immediately left Brooklyn. Took me two days to coordinate with the medical examiner's office here and officials to have his body transferred to Harrisburg, where he was ultimately laid to rest at. What happened was two weeks after that, Michael's brother, my father, had torn aorta artery, went into the hospital, and unfortunately, he passed away on the second week of November. That impacted my grandmother greatly to lose two of her children, one September 6th and one in mid-November. You know, you asked me, I think she really passed away from a broken heart. So I stayed there from September to July, just taking care of her, making sure that she's good. We had other family members and support Mm -hmm. that were there. And like I said, ultimately, the same way I went upstairs and found Michael deceased is the same way that I went upstairs and found my grandmother deceased on July 14th. Dominic. She was suffering. Yeah, she was suffering. She was going through a lot. Alzheimer's and dementia had set in at a mm-hmm. rate that was unprecedented wow. in my mind. And one, she was ready to go. She made that clear. Mm-hmm. And two, she just said, I want to be with my boys. So we went through that. 
I am still back between New York and uh, Pennsylvania where my grandmother was living in, where Michael, we call that Michael's second home. And that is now where he rests at, right Mm -hmm. with his brother and his Mm -hmm. mother in the same place. So this year has been rough, but I'm grateful. I'm hopeful. I see Michael winking at us often about the work that needs to continue. Well, let me say that I offer my sincerest sympathy to you and your family. Because having been in the position where you were to find your uncle and then have to suffer through the loss of two other so close and near and beloved family members. Mm. I just can't even imagine your grief. Thank you. At the same time, I could tell through just your stories and how you speak of them that your family has a strong legacy that will be upheld. And I'm I'm grateful that you're able to be here and speak and spread their joy and spread their love and everything that they meant to you. Thank you so much. Thank you for picking up the mantle, Dominic, and carrying that torch to have that strong family Williams legacy live through you. Thank you so much, Cara and Tracy. I wouldn't have it any other way. And I know that God has a reason and a purpose for me to just be involved in this process the way that I am. And the reality is I just walk by faith. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. Mm-hmm. You speak so highly of Michael. We heard you say that he was a, an amazing human being. Yeah. People are going to be listening. They're going to be watching. They're going to be saying to themselves, if this can happen to an amazing human being like him, it can happen to me. Absolutely. And if we can prevent that, then we're doing the right thing. A lot of us were entertained and amazed by him, right? But you got to get that additional personal insight. Like, can you share a story just behind the scenes, another legacy piece that just demonstrates what you saw in your uncle or what you'd like to just share about his legacy that people don't know or people need to know? One of the things that was incredible about Michael is that he found the way to breathe life into his characters. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that Mm -hmm. was because of his ability to turn his pain and his trauma into art. Uh And a lot of people don't know that Michael went through a lot of challenges. That was one of the purposes that we thought it was so important to bring light, shed light on his new book, Uh Scenes from My Life. Uh Those Mm -hmm. things that you hear about are the catalyst to conversations that developed as Michael worked on healing himself and dealing with the struggles of life's on life's Mm -hmm. terms and understanding that there are points in our life where at times we feel worthless and that is a difficult place to be at but Mm -hmm. through that all michael was committed to helping people understand that they matter Mm -hmm. and one of the things that michael was committed to was just ensuring that people know that he was there to support them and one of the stories that I have, personal stories that I have, and pretty recent, right before he passed away, we were shooting a docu-series that Michael had produced called Black Market. Mm-hmm. It's this idea that mm. when the system fails you, you create your own systems to survive financially and in other means. We were leaving a pretty well-known seafood restaurant called Jimmy's. You know, they make pretty much like the best crab cakes in Maryland. They are like in the top two. And we could never find ourselves in Baltimore, Maryland without stopping there to eat. Of course, feed you well. They take care of you. So everybody collecting their doggy bags and getting things ready. And we had ordered a few extra crab cakes to take home with us. We saw this individual 
who didn't have a place to stay and they were looking for food. And it was clear that they were suffering. Michael said, everybody, pull a car, we'll pull a car. And we like, you know, we're in Baltimore. You're like, what's the matter? What right. happened? What's going on? And right. he said, pull the car over. Why are we pulling over? And we pulled the car over and he looked at everyone and said, everybody, give me your bag. And he took stuff that was untouched, unopened, mm-hmm. and we, we fed that young lady. But mm-hmm. what was even really more interesting to me Michael didn't just like throw them a bag and give them some cash. Right. He pulled over. He said, "Hi, how are you doing? What's your name?" And I just Made looked them feel at seen. him. It's, yeah. And the person said Janine, and he said, "Janine, how you doing? My name is Michael. How you doing, sister?" And she said, "Things are tough, but..." And Mike said, "I know. I've been there." Yeah. And he said, mm. "Sis, I have this for you." And he gave her a nice amount of cash, and he gave her some food, and he said, "I'm praying for you." And that next day when we went back and we saw the same individual, Mike pulled over again and said, hi, Janine. And she looked Mm. and her eyes lit up. Mm -hmm. And he said, do you remember my name? And she said, of course I remember your name. Your name is Michael. And you know why I remember that? Not because you was on a wire, not because you're a TV star. I remember that because a lot of people who stopped and made throw me a few quarters or feel sympathy for me. I didn't feel that from you. I felt the person who cared enough to ask me what my name was. Right. It didn't matter how I mm. looked or that I didn't brush my teeth in a few days or that I didn't have money or food or that I didn't look good. And I was like, this is amazing. This guy right here is just amazing. And to see his humility mm-hmm. and to right. see how much he cared. Most people, like you said, they just know him from how he breathes life into characters. And Mike was just such a genuine, amazing human being. And that really humbled every person that was in the cars with us, that he thought as much. There's a ripple effect that happens from that because you get a chance right. to witness yes, ma'am. the humanity of human-to-human connection. And he actually saw, affirmed, and loved Janine and let her know that right. she mattered to him as a person. In real yeah. life. In real life. Absolutely. Not just something to say. Not just, how right. are you? You know, we, we rushed through the right. journey so fast, but he was able to slow down. Like, I love that, and I appreciate you for sharing that. And that's why these conversations are important, so we can continue this legacy. That's right. Yeah, that was definitely a wait what. Because Michael K. Williams said, wait, what? <laughs> exactly. When he saw Janine, he was like, pull this What are we going to do? Wait. What are we right. going to do is what he said. And then it was like, wait, like what? Like somebody say something. Uh, <laughs> I'm tending to the people. Right, right. Right. Which is the true mission that we all have, service. Powerful. True example of leadership. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll ask Dominic all our burning questions. Plus, we'll share that surprise message from a Red Table Talk host. So you don't want to miss the rest of today's episode. Stay tuned. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.
Let's get back into the rest of this episode. Dominic, what did you think about this episode of Red Table Talk overall? And just as a reminder of where the nation is at with drug abuse, provisional data from CDC's National Center for Health Statistics indicates that from April 2020 through April 2021, drug overdose deaths increased by 28.5% as compared to the previous year. So clearly, COVID has made an impact on drug abuse. I think just drugs, alcohol. We, we were struggling. We still are struggling, okay? Fentanyl and other synthetic opioids are the most common drugs involved in overdose deaths, even in small doses. It can be deadly. Over 150 people die every day from overdoses related to synthetic opioids like fentanyl, according to the CDC. How do you feel overall about continuing to spread the word? How are you feeling, Dominic? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking that. That is so important. I think it's really important that we make sure that people are aware, that they're conscious of the decisions that they're making, how it can impact them, impact the people who love them, that are closest to them, and impact the overall community. You know, we all suffer when we lose someone, but if it just stings just a little bit more when it's preventable. We know that overdoses can be prevented, We know that test kits and some of the other things that people like and groups like ASAP Foundation are working on where they provide fentanyl test strips in communities to ensure that people, if they are going to engage in that type of behavior, that they do it safely. Mm -hmm. How did I feel about the overall episode? I loved it. I loved the fact that I was able to connect with people who had similar experiences that we could tap Mm -hmm. into that Mm -hmm. for each other and with each other. Mm -hmm. And it was also really just humbling to meet other people who had what I identify as survivor's remorse. Mm -hmm. Some aspects felt guilty, was hoping that they could do more, but also people who just acknowledge the importance of this issue and are using their platforms to tell these stories about how not to be in situations like us and our families have been. It's preventable. We can do better. We should do better. Right. I love that the transparency of your story through your uncle's story is going to help someone not have to relive what you're living through now. That part. That's a that's big, though, Tracy, that you said, because I think a lot of times people think of the person who has the addiction. And I mean, that's always something to work on. But the people closest to them, family members are directly impacted as well. And how can we continue to share it and give them the support that they need? On Absolutely. The journey, yes, ma'am. Ever Absolutely. One of the things that is on top of mind for me from the book, which I absolutely love and encourage anyone who can hear me to get this book because it is amazing. I have notes throughout that I've made that were just absolutely resonating with me. And one of them was about addiction and how he said that his mother told him, you know, you got to be careful because we got alcoholics running through our family. And the part that he said that before he even smoked crack, he was an addict. That addiction was just as much a part of him as the sound of his voice, as the color of his skin. When you hear that and read that, How does that impact you as a family member? Are you super conscious and careful now to say, now, hold on a second. Not only do I have this legacy, but I got to really be careful about what it is I indulge in and make sure that I'm careful about any kind of anything that I'm exposing myself to. 
Yeah, no, that's a great question, Tracy. And the answer is that I don't indulge in drinking or drugs mm-hmm. at all. At yeah. all. I never have. And the reason why I never have is because of a conversation that I had with Michael in an elevator as he was coming down from being high and, and an argument ensued at our apartment in, in the Vanderveer States, now currently known as Flatbush Gardens. And he, Michael looked in my eyes and said, don't you ever use drugs, Dominic. And I think a huge part of that conversation that he had with me when I was seven years old in a project elevator was because he never wanted me to be experiencing the things that he was experiencing, how controlled substances, how it will handcuff you. Right. It will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to be kept. And that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was always conscious of that. And that is the reason why to this day, I am hypersensitive to making sure that I do what's necessary to stay away from controlled substances. And I encourage other people who are dealing with this sickness to to get the help that, that they need. I know it's difficult. I acknowledge that it can be with you. It can draw you in. And I want to be sensitive to that. I want to be there to help people who right. are dealing with trauma and pain and trying to find effective ways to do that without mm-hmm. putting themselves in a position mm-hmm. where they can accidentally kill themselves Mm -hmm. because of it, because they're trying to cope. You said at the red table, you were still processing what happened and what you saw in September 2021 when Michael died. Where are you now on your journey of healing and grief? I will forever be affected by that. Those dates mean something. That year means something. Right. To think that Labor Day is a day where someone will feel free and feel joyous and just celebrating. Those are things that I think about. Yeah. So, yeah, those things stay with me. And on the journey of healing, I just have to be mindful of all of the important things that I need to do to maintain my sanity and not allow insanity to creep in mm-hmm. on me. And right. a huge part of that is staying connected to the work that Michael was doing, scenes from my life, honoring his Mm -hmm. legacy, and knowing that Michael is winking at me when we are doing this work to help save people. I love that you say he winks at you. How do you identify when you know that he's giving you a wink? Yeah, so a lot of how I identify when I feel like Michael is present in the Mm -hmm. room, it's almost hard to to put into language. It almost escapes language for Mm -hmm. me. And one of the things is when I connect with people in my Mm. space, there is something I feel like a sort of like a tug at my heart when Mm. there are things that are happening in a room, when there are connections being made on so many different levels that has absolutely nothing to do with me. Oftentimes, absolutely nothing to do with the people who are in the Mm -hmm. room. It is something beyond it has us to be alignment. Right. that has right. aligned us and brought us to together. And everyone who is involved in that process is in awe, is saying, wait a minute, what just happened right. here? Right. And more importantly, why is it happening? Mm-hmm. And I see Mike winking and I hear his voice saying, because I am present and I am involved in How do we help make the world a better place, even though I am not in the world right now, even though I'm not present here? I am in a place where I am watching over things and 
doing the best that I can to look out for people and help people where I am. His spirit is still present. His spirit is still present. Mm -hmm. And what I often like to say is, God was short on a few angels Mm -hmm. and said, this day I will see you in paradise. This day I will bring another one. He gives life, he takes it away. But there are things that we are involved in, and I believe as a believer that God uses us and sends angels to encamp around us and protect mm-hmm. us. And that humbles me. Mm-hmm. And those are Absolutely. things that correlate with how I feel when I sense Michael's presence and when he's winking and saying, I'm mm-hmm. here, I'm still making moves. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> As you continue to navigate this journey and go day to day and like you say, encounter other people personally and professionally, how has the release of your uncle's memoir, even just months after his death, affected your actual journey? Has it helped you to power forward? Tell us how you feel. Unequivocally, absolutely, yes. I have been empowered. I've been made more aware, more sensitive to the calling on my life and how I can serve, Mm, be of service. Michael was about all of those things. Mm. His book, Scenes from My Life, are true scenes from his life, are true experiences. They are true things, real things, transparent things. Mike went deep. He pulled the layers back. And he did the same thing with his characters. And the reality is those (laughs) things, doing those things, being that transparent, being that vulnerable Mm -hmm. helps people Because they Mm -hmm. say if Michael K. Williams can do it, if he can be that vulnerable, if he can be that transparent, if he can talk about his struggles, then so can I. And that is the first start to healing, Mm -hmm. communicating, talking about it, getting it out, addressing whatever those issues are so that you can move forward and do that in a way that's consistent with your vision and your purpose for your life. And no one should know that better than that individual. Yeah, now that's true. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we return, we'll be back to continue our conversation with our amazing guest, Dominic DuPont. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. 
Okay, I have to ask you a question here because as we're all nieces and nephews of somebody, right? Yes, ma'am. Your uncle, you're right. He was vulnerable. He pulled the layers back. He gave us all the tea, all the milk, he all the dance. cookies. He didn't hold back a single piece of fruit. <laughs> Everything is out, okay? When you read this book, Dominic, were you like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't want to know that. I Hold on. I'm feeling some kind of way about knowing this about my uncle. <laughs> wait, minute, what Wait now? a minute. <laughs> Or were you like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. So there's a few things. I think one of the main things was how Michael struggled with his identity, Mm. who he was, how comfortable he was with his masculinity, what that meant to people, Mm -hmm. some of the challenges that he had being identified as blackie or faggot, Mm -hmm. some of those derogatory things that helped thrust him into Mm -hmm. trying to identify who he is those challenges are present in the world of addiction. Uh, uh. Those things impacted me because we have been together a very long time. He supported me throughout my incarceration. Uh, uh. The reality is, is, you know, I was aware of some of the challenges that Michael expressed about being molested and some of those other things that he talked right. about. You know, we talked later on about how that happened okay. and who some of those individuals was, but right. those things really shocked okay. me. Okay, You did get an opportunity to talk to him about that. Oh, absolutely. Oh Me and Michael are very close. If you'll read the book, Good. you'll I see. I know, but you know, there's one thing. We were like, close, and then there's close. Yeah, we were like brothers. I mean, he is my okay. uncle, but, you know, he speaks to that in a yeah. book or whatever about his right. support and that, which in a lot of ways, that that's very accurate. Me and Michael were like, even though I spent 20, close to 21 years in prison, he was like a brother yeah. to me. And I, ha- I have a twin brother. Mike- Mike's like my third, you know, he's like my third brother. Oh, oh wow. We didn't know you were a twin. Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Right. Shout out to your well, twin. Oh, uh, thank right. you. Shout out to the twin. And, Shout well, out, Nolan. Shout out, Nolan. And there's a whole nother mm. conversation we could have about 21 years of incarceration because that experience also brought you here and knowing that you had your support with your family and from your mm-hmm. uncle too. But we'll have to have you back for a conversation about that, okay? I would love when that. When you do your own memoir, we'll have you back. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Let me ask you about some of these roles because I personally loved the Omar little role. It's something, something about the way he used to walk down that street. So, hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> I just want to ask you. <laughs> Say what? A chocolate man with that swag. What? Come on in the trench. I just... Come on now. The roles are so yes. powerful. You know what I mean? I can, I'm just... I just want to say thank. It's an honor again to just talk to you as I think about that role and just where we are. Everything he brought to these roles, the power and just what you remember. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to remember the story of the actual Wire episode, mm-hmm. but you know what it meant when you heard that little whistle. Yes, man. <laughs> right. Everything from Oh My Little in the Wire to Chalky White Boardwalk Empire, uh, in which he couldn't escape his own reality. Do you think those things and the power he had to bring mm. to these roles it encouraged his? off and on drug use? Do you think it impacted it or are you aware in any way based on conversations and just your relationship? You know, I think certain roles kick up trauma. And one of Michael's last roles in Lovecraft Country, the Tulsa Mm. massacre, you know, I think the reality is when you are involved in this line of work, you know, you sacrifice a part of who you are. Michael had concerns about killing Idris Elba and the wire, you know, he was vocal about mm-hmm. that. Right. Talked to David Simon about mm-hmm. it. And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, it's a sacrifice. When you go to the places that Michael mm. went to breathe life into these characters, 
It's a wonder terrible things didn't happen earlier. Yes. It, it takes a lot of therapy, a lot of conversations and support from loved ones and family members to get through this process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but Mike also loved art and he also mm-hmm. loved helping people mm-hmm. and his roles, mm-hmm. the space that he created of Black, openly gay male mm-hmm. to right. still have strength mm-hmm. and power and not be weak right. or not be soft. Right was something that had never been accomplished in the history of, and that's, I'm just calling it what it Big is. Facts. No, that's fact. It had not been accomplished. Facts. That's absolute fact. In and anything I've ever seen. It was necessary. Necessary. Dominic, I can tell you, let me say this. I'm representing what we laughingly call the gay community here, the leg booty community. And mm-hmm. as a member of the community, I appreciate and yeah. respect and honor that. It is unparamount. Okay, because there are so many people who are people of color, who are in the gay community, who are queer, who are quiet and never acknowledge, whether personally Mm -hmm. or professionally, in any character ever. And so for him, it takes a lot of strength and grit to be able to do that and stand firm in that. So, no, that is Mm -hmm. absolutely something to celebrate and I applaud it. Yes, ma'am. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. It is Absolutely. not lost on us. Yes, ma'am. And so now I'm gonna tell you there's some other stuff that's not lost on me. Cause there's so much from scenes from my life. Oh my gosh. Like this book, I'm telling you, I felt like I was having a conversation the book with was him. Amazing. It was so good. <laughs> He emphasized the belief in pursuing dreams and callings and that it includes breaking free from the labels and the limits others put on you. Have you had to break out of the boxes others tried to put on you so that you could live your life your way? We talked a little bit earlier about some of my challenges being formerly incarcerated Mm -hmm. in a place where I had to get permission to use the bathroom, Mm -hmm. being told Mm -hmm. when to eat when I can't eat. Mm how much time I can have on the phone, being told when I can walk somewhere, how I can walk somewhere, how fast I better be back from that place I walk to, are all mm-hmm. things that can impact you. And you can feel like you're in a situation where you are in a box, right. even when you get out of that right. box. So there are some emotional, psychological, and you heard me earlier talk about it when I talked about not allowing insanity to creep in on me, figuring out a new way to do things in my life and to live my life in a way that makes me happy. And so, yeah, I've had several times where I've had to work really hard to pursue my dreams and my calling and to ensure that I don't subscribe to labels. I don't subscribe to an inmate or prisoner. I identify myself as someone who made a bad decision, was held accountable Mm -hmm. and responsible for that decision, Mm -hmm. and understands that there's not a perfect person on this planet. We learn from those decisions and choices, and we move forward. Mm -hmm. And we work really hard, honor people, our victims, people that we have hurt, we use that to elevate an important conversation about awareness and how do we help people heal. And that is my life's work. So I'm happy about that. I'm happy to be broken out of that box and to to be in that place where I'm able to do that now. It's a blessing to lift as we climb. That is so powerful. And then I want to believe that your uncle 
because he knew what it was like to be in a box of sorts, right? He knew mm. how hard it was for him to try to live kind of the best of both worlds. He'd be in Vanderveer and then he'd be with Robin and he was kind of living that double life. At no point did I ever feel while reading the book that he felt like he had to choose and that he had an opportunity to still pursue his dream. And the one thing that I wrote, and this is a note that I took from the book as a quote from him, is the permission to dream is so important. That even if you are in a place where you literally are incarcerated, you still have the permission to dream. And so I'm so grateful that even though you had to overcome some obstacles, and like you said, you paid your restitution, and now you're having an opportunity to fulfill your purpose, and I'm grateful for that. So thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And look, like you said, the reality is I know certain people, I've experienced that. You can just walk in the streets of New York City, and you can see people. Prison is a place. Where you're at in your mind, in your space, if you're in bondage, even if you're free, you're really not free. That's right. But what I also learned is freedom is not free. Mm. You got to be responsible and you got to do the right thing. And having permission to dream and having the things that you need gives you some space to breathe. It gives you some time to think about things that may seem impossible. Mm -hmm. That's how Michael thought about his life. Who would think someone like me would reach the place that they've reached in their life? Not just because TV actor, that is a job, but to be in a place where he can help people and use his platform Mm -hmm. where his voice mattered Mm -hmm. is something that he was really happy about. Mm -hmm. So so thank you. And he said at the core of his work is service. Yes, ma'am. And I want you to know voice still matters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like to have his legacy continue the way it is. And I'm grateful that you are here to continue carrying that torch for him, for us, for your family. I'm Again, I'm just honored. Let me ask you, was there anything else that you wanted to share or any other point that you wanted to make at the Red Table that you couldn't? Because now you can make it right here That's at the right. virtual Red Table. Well, no, thank you so much. I appreciate that. The team, Jada, her mom, her daughter, everyone was just amazing. Her staff there mm-hmm. and Thankfully, they gave me an opportunity to, you know, such an important conversation. Mm -hmm. So I was really honored and blessed to be there and to just see the work that's happening there. Um, I'm honored and blessed to be able to have this platform now. And I just want to say thank you to Jada. Thank you to her staff, the rest of the hosts there for giving us an opportunity to highlight such an important issue. I said that there, but I think it's worth restating. I'm just so privileged to be able to connect with you guys and thankful and humbled. So even though I said that there, I think it's worth restating here. I just want to thank you, Tracy and Cara. The Red Table has given us such a gift of awareness and healing and growth. Mm -hmm. And having you there and then at this virtual red table has been a gift for us as well. I would like to wrap our conversation with you up by quoting from the book that I encourage everyone to get Scenes from My Life, a memoir from Michael K. Williams. And this is what it says. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I want to be the spotlight itself. Shine on others. I love Powerful. that. Powerful. I love that. Oh, indeed. Oh, powerful. Okay. 
So now speaking to Sharon, Dominic, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, because we actually received a message from someone who was especially grateful you came to the Red Table, and we finally get to share it with you now. Here it is. Hey, Dominic. Just wanted to take a moment out to thank you so much for joining us at the Red Table to share your journey with your uncle, Michael K. Williams. And I'm excited that you're continuing to share that journey on Let's Red Table That. It's so important for so many people. And I can't wait to hear what else you share at the virtual Red Table. Thank you Thank so you, much. Gam. Thank you, Gammy. Yeah, that was a message right from Gammy. We love our Gam. And she tells it like it is. So, you know, she wanted to make sure that you got a special acknowledgement from her from the red table to the virtual red table. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Yes. It's really a pleasure. I appreciate you guys so much. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about anything with you all. So please send in your questions at Let's Red Table That at redtabletalk.com. Or don't forget, you can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash Let's Red Table That. Yes, we can't wait to hear your voices. Go to speakpipe.com. Just talk it out. And while you're talking, we want to talk to you one more time and say thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Y'all yes. know we want a five. We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Red Table That. Special thanks to executive producers Jada Pinkett Smith, Fallon Jethro, and Ellen Rakuten. Thank you to our producer, Kyla Kaneru, and our associate producer, Yolanda Chow. And finally, thanks to our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Let's red table that. Hey! Let's red table that. Hey! Let's red table that. Hey! Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.